It is Wednesday, and it's another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. I'm going to tell you why Nick Lofton needs even more playing time. Brady Singer's not going to the bullpen and some injury updates to go over. That's all coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are tuned into another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season kicks off right here tomorrow in Kansas City. So go to FanDuel to start making some of your bets. If this is your first episode ever tuning into Locked On Royals, well, we, of course, welcome you in. But... As for me, I'm just a lifelong Royals fan that's turned that fandom into a career path. I now work here in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've got morning shows on 1510 ESPN Kansas City. And also once a week, I have a night show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. So if you want to hear more than just Royals talk, you can always catch me there and on my Twitter profile page. I've also got the link if you just want to find those podcast links as well. You can also find this specific podcast on all those podcasting platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and you can catch us on Google Podcasts as well as YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. You know, the Royals are in a spot right now where I feel like you can really hammer in the evaluation tactic. And what matters to me most is not the wins and losses. If you've tuned in me before, you would know that that went out the window probably way back in May. You're just not focused on the standings. You're not focused on wins and losses. You're focused on the evaluation and the improvement of young players in the system and at the major league level. Well, one guy that, though it's been a very small sample size, but has really impressed me, is Nick Lofton. And last night to me, after the Royals came back in dramatic fashion, won another balk-off against the Chicago White Sox, it occurred to me that Nick Lofton has put himself in a spot where there really shouldn't be a reason where he's not in the lineup. Now, as for tonight, he is in the lineup. He's back out there at second base. And in the first five games of his big league career, he's already played three positions. And I would say played them pretty well. Now, he made his major league debut as a DH. And then you moved him over to third base. And then he played second base. And he played first base last night. And the fact that he played first base told me everything I needed to know. That Nick Lofton can be a guy that you can plug and play just about anywhere. And I never really was concerned about the the glove. I was never concerned about his abilities as a fielder because Nick Lofton showed in AA Northwest Arkansas. He showed in Omaha. He could play anywhere and play that really well. I think that's always the, the problem with utility guys. You can play a lot of positions. It doesn't mean you play those positions well. And I feel like Nick Lofton can play a lot of positions very well because of his athletic build, his speed, his arm. It bodes well for him. Not just bodes well for him this year, but I think going in the next year. There was always this thing that stuck out to me, which is important. I think it's very, uh, very interesting and something to watch going into spring training in 2024. Royals Farm Report on Twitter, uh, who has been one of my favorite Royals followers for a long, long time, probably the last five years or so. They brought up the point that if Nick Lofton had the same amount of at-bats 
if he was brought up around the same time as Michael Garcia, he would be equally, if not more valuable. And I know I may be paraphrasing that tweet just a little bit, but to me, it checks out a little bit. I mean, Nick Lofton is a first-round talent. He was a first-round pick. He was taken that same year as Asa Lacey. So you're not looking at this guy as a ninth or tenth round journeyman that's just happy to be there. Like here, here's the thing: even with pitchers, if Anthony Veneziano comes up at the very end of September and makes a start for Kansas City, you can be very happy for him because where he was picked, there's not a lot of guys that can get to the big league level. Nick Lofton was expected to get to the big league level. And the numbers, though it's only been 12 to 15 plate appearances, it's been fantastic. I believe it's 16 in total. In nine of those, he's collected either a hit or a walk. He has three extra base hits. He's come inches short of a home run. And in fact, if he wasn't debuting at Kauffman Stadium, he'd probably have a pair of home runs. To me, this is a guy that you can maybe look to as a starter every single day in 2024. And it really comes down to, you know, how much more evaluation do you need for somebody like Michael Massey? How much more evaluation do you need for Kyle Isbell, for Drew Waters, for MJ Melendez? Because right now it feels like the locks for this roster next year, you have it at third base in Michael Garcia. You have it at short and Bobby Wood Jr. You have it at first base with Vinny Pasquantino. Second base, I could see a scenario in which Nick Lofton is the second baseman over Michael Massey. I could see Nick Lofton play over Drew Waters or Kyle Isbell or MJ Melendez. I know it's been a very small sample size, but you're talking about a first-round talent here. There is zero reason whatsoever in which he should be on the bench. Unless he's dealing with an injury or he is just completely fatigued, he's got to be playing every single day. And it makes a lot of sense because he can play a lot of positions. If you play a lot of positions, if you are somebody that makes yourself invaluable to a roster like this, you shouldn't be playing behind Matt Beatty or Matt Duffy. You know, if you want to get Michael Massey at bats, fine. Put Nick Lofton at third base. But if Garcia's there, fine. Put him in left field. You want to get Edward Olivares or Nelson Velasquez at bats, fine. Put him in center field. You need Waters or Isbell out there, fine. Put him in right field. You know, you need to put him at first base. He showed he can do that last night as well. That's very much the Whit Merrifield feel. It's why Whit Merrifield played every single day. Because he could play anywhere. He wasn't landlocked into one position. He wasn't stuck at second base. He wasn't stuck in right field. He could play just about anywhere and play it very well. It's how Nicky Lopez found himself in a couple spots in this lineup. Now, I know he didn't play every day, but he was able to play first, second, short, third, left field. I mean, that's showing that you can be very valuable to this roster. But for Nick Lofton, it's a 24-year-old guy that can fit into your future. I don't look at Nick Lofton as a guy that's just, oh, a stopgap player. Now, see what he has, but he's probably just a long-term bench player. He could be an everyday guy. I've already loved the approach so far, and yes, there are going to be pitchers that adjust to him, but from what I've seen, that's a very polished approach. I believe he's only walked, or he's walked three times already in 16 plate appearances. Yeah, his walk rate is almost 20%. Again, small sample size, but it's the approach. You know, I was very impressed the other day. The Royals are down 5 nothing. Dylan sees on the bump, and here comes Nick Lofton, second and third, two outs. He's not walking up there flailing at the plate like the two guys did before him and Nelson Velasquez and Drew Waters. But Nick Lofton goes up there, and he works a walk. That's just a next-man-up mentality. I would not be disappointed whatsoever if Nick Lofton is on the opening day roster and he's a starter next year. I like what he brings to the table. It, it feels very much the same as to where I was with Michael Massey last year. Michael Massey last year was one of those guys that 
impressed me late. And I just knew going into spring training, I got to see him on an opening day roster. It may not work out, but I have that confidence in a player. And Michael Massey last night really impressed me. He went to the second deck of the fountains in right center field. That's a second baseman. And no, it's not been a great year, but I also think you can chalk up a lot of this to sophomore slumps. If Nick Lawson is just getting his feet wet and he can play just about anywhere, that makes you an incredibly valuable piece. If you can only play one spot, I've got bad news for you. You're not going to get in the lineup every single day. If you're Edward Olivares, who can only play left field, you're not going to get in the lineup every single night. Now, his bat has put him in the lineup the last couple days, but when you get down to roster cuts and 40-man roster moves, they're going to value somebody like Nick Lofton because he can bounce around because he can play just about anywhere. That, to me, is so important for this Royals team. You know, it, it sucked to see the Royals trade away Whit Merrifield and not get a big-time return. They were about two years too late. But when Whit Merrifield was in the lineup, you just knew there was consistency. I mean, he was an all-star this year. I would love for the Royals to find their second coming of Whit Merrifield. Now, it's not a, a small task. It's not a task that's just going to be easily attainable for Nick Lofton. But I think he's got that ability. I mean, keep in mind, Nick Lofton was a, a first-round pick, and Whit Merrifield was a late-round pick. He was also a late bloomer. Whit Merrifield didn't get up to the big leagues until he was, what, 26, 27? I mean, Nick Lofton's a couple years younger, I think has a better swing, a better approach, and more power. If the Royals can tap into that, they've really got a true player. I have been impressed in the, the four games he's played in, and I want to see him in every single one of these final 22 games. Put him anywhere. I'd like to see him in the outfield a little bit. I'd like to see him more at third. Thought he was great over there at the hot corner. I'd like to see him at second base. Would love to see him at first base. Get him in the lineup every single day because he is somebody you need to evaluate as fast as you can to close out the regular season. All right, when we come back here, I've been getting this question a lot, and I just really want to stomp it out at this point and give you my thoughts and my opinions as to why Brady Singer is not going to be pitching out of the bullpen for this team in 2024. That's coming up next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of today's title sponsors in LinkedIn sales. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller at every stage especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Right now, you can try LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That is linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on and get started right after this podcast episode. I've been approached with this question time and time again. And I, I never, you know, look down at questions here. It's why I do Mailbag Fridays. I love to hear from the listeners. I love to hear from Royals fans because there's a lot of questions you may have going into the offseason. And one that I, I've seemed to get a lot, and I've gotten it from multiple people before, is can Brady Singer move to the bullpen? Here's where I'm at with Brady Singer in the bullpen. And we saw last year, early on in the year, Brady Singer did pitch out of the bullpen. And I get it. It's because he's not willing to commit to a third pitch. He doesn't like to throw that change up as much. He likes to stick to his sinker and slider. And you've noticed lately the velocity is down. It was down last night. At this point, I would just shut down Brady Singer for the year. You know, bring up somebody like Jonathan Bolin or Anthony Veneziano to close out these final three or four starts. 
There's no need. There's nothing more I need to see from Brady Singer. Really good starts to close out the year. A final good stretch is not going to do much for the grand scheme of things. You know, I was once on the train of uh, try to find a way to leverage and trade Brady Singer in the offseason. It feels unlikely now because you're trading at very low value. You're trading him to somebody who thinks they can fix him, and there's a chance they could. Maybe not, but there's a chance they could. But you maybe want to wait one more year. If you can tap into Brady Singer's true potential again, that 2022 form, then you can try and flip him at the deadline next year or flip him next offseason. It just doesn't make sense at this point to flip him after a career high in ERA, a career low in Ks per nine. The below is way down. Not a lot of it makes sense to trade him at this point. But I've been getting this question of, well, why don't they just move into the bullpen? I think he could be dominant out of the bullpen. I think in Kansas City, we all kind of became accustomed to the 14 and 15 bullpen. You know, Wade Davis going from a mediocre starter to one of the best relievers in baseball history. So you just think, well, if we put a guy who's maybe a marginal at best starter, he can be really good in the bullpen. And I do agree. Brady Singer's got good stuff when it's on. But Wade Davis was able to move to the bullpen because the Royals had options in the rotation. And 2024, barring any free agent signings, the Royals just simply don't have options. I mean, you look at Brady Singer and put him alongside the guys who are under contract, under club control. You know, Cole Reagans is going to be back. There is a non-zero chance that Jordan Lyles is back, much to my chagrin, but there's a chance. He's under contract. Daniel Lynch, Chris Bubich will be back. You know, they, I don't see it, but they could bring back Zach Grinke. I know he's not under contract, but could bring him back for cheap if he wants to pitch again. I know those are not all great options, but you stack all those guys up. It's Cole Reagan's number one and Brady Singer number two. He's your second best pitcher on the staff right now. So it doesn't make sense when your rotation is already depleted, it's already weak, to take that guy and move it in the bullpen where I don't think he gets better. He doesn't strike me as a guy that moves from the bullpen and gets a lot better. You know, I think somebody that could benefit from going to the bullpen is somebody like Daniel Lynch, a guy who can't stay healthy, was put on the 60-day IL to end his season effectively. But to me, Daniel Lynch is somebody, if you give him one inning, go air it out. You have a lefty maybe pumping 96-97 with a power slider and a little bit of a changeup. That, to me, is something to consider. And I think that's what you do with somebody like Daniel Lynch or Chris Bubich, who's coming off Tommy John. You don't do that with Brady Singer, who has you know, been in the rotation the entire year. If you're not going to trade him, you got to put him back in the rotation. And I do think a lot of this, the arm fatigue, the struggles, the lack of confidence, comes from the WBC. I mean, Brady Singer had a perfect opportunity to go in the WBC shove and have ample amount of confidence rolling into the 2023 regular season but he got shelled in his only outing. I mean, absolutely shelled by Team Mexico. Then you have a long layoff between not playing in spring training and the start of the regular season. He just never caught on. It's been an all-around bad year, aside from a good start to the second half. Other than that, he's been putrid. So maybe you chalk it up and go, let's get a full off season. We still have you under control for a couple more years. We can try to leverage some value if we wanted to flip you the deadline next year, but there's no sense in trading low. A low value there, it doesn't make any sense to do that. You're not going to get the return you think you might. Even if you go to Cincinnati and they want to flip them for Jonathan India, I don't know if that makes sense. 
I, I once did when I was really high on the other guys that could have gotten in a deal, but a Brady Singer's not getting that. You would be trading him to somebody who's not going to give up much, and they may have a chance to flip him, which would look bad on your part. To me, though, this just feels like a spot where you roll into the offseason, get him the rest, when spring training, when pitchers and catchers report, you have him start full there again, and he gets a full spring training, he gets the normal workload just like he did in 2022, and then you can open him up as a Game 2 or Game 3 starter to begin the year. He can start in one of those first home games against the Minnesota Twins in 2024. But bullpen doesn't make much sense. If the Royals were competing and they had, you know, three big free agent signings and Cole Reagans, then okay. Maybe there's a world in which Brady Singer pitches out of the bullpen. But not after this year. I know the numbers have been bad. It just doesn't make sense. The Royals don't have the depth. They don't have the starting pitching to make a move like that. He may frustrate the hell out of you, believe me. Uh, it does to me. It is very frustrating to see a guy just not throw a third pitch and continuously deny that it matters. That's infuriating to me. But he's also a guy in a rotation that doesn't have many consistent guys, guys that can throw even more than 140 innings. Now, Brady Singer can do that. And if you don't make any moves, if you just try to evaluate more guys in the rotation, well, I'm going to go out there on a limb and say he's going to be back. If the Royals all of a sudden next year – which is highly unlikely happens, but you never know with the American League Central. Let's say they're competing in the second half. Let's say they're four games out of first place with a month to go. Hey, Brady Singer's been bad in the rotation, more so two months to go. That'd be weird to make a move just for September. But let's say two months to go. And Brady Singer's been terrible. And let's say you have somebody like Mason Barnett just shoving in AAA Omaha. Now you have a guy who is a young prospect, one of your better prospects, and he's shoving. Well, maybe at that point you could replace him in the rotation and move Brady Singer to the bullpen and more of a low-leverage spot. Or if he's got the stuff, you could put him in a one-inning role. I mean, that's kind of what they did with Carlos Hernandez. Tried him as a starter, didn't work out. Moving to the pen, aired out for one inning. They just have bigger expectations, I think, than the bullpen right now for Brady Singer. It's in the Royals' best interest to keep Brady Singer as a starter. Because Brady Singer as a reliever is not going to net you a big-time return. The Royals should be utilizing Brady Singer next year simply as trade bait. They try to flip him at the trade deadline, a couple years of control. That can be enticing to some teams for a Brady Singer that looks like the 2022 version of Brady Singer. The 2023 version of Brady Singer, it's not going to net you the return that you think it might. I once thought it was. I'm not trying to be somebody that's talking down on people that want to trade Brady Singer. I was one of those people. I was spearheading that argument. But at the end of the day, I would not advise trading him now because of the last three or four starts. The numbers are ugly. The, v the velo's down. That makes no sense to trade somebody like that because that you could put him in the hands of somebody that could fix him, and then Brady Singer looks, look, looks like a frontline rotational starter, and you gave him up for not as much as you could have. I would wait, see what he looks like when pitchers and catchers report, See if the velocity spikes back up. He can use that third pitch a bit more. But next year would kind of be that end-all, be-all year. Either you're trading him or you're moving on from him in the offseason. But I just don't see Brady Singer being moved to the bullpen anytime soon for the Royals unless they went out and made numerous signings to that starting rotation. When we come back here, we are going to go over the injuries and more specifically an injury with Daniel Lynch. Can he be trusted to be on this 26-man roster next season? I'll tell you next on Locked on Royals.
You are tuned into Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to one of today's other title sponsors in FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off on NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. There's been a couple of injuries that have popped up for the Royals and some guys just suffering setbacks. We saw Jake Brents be returned from his rehab assignment. Nick Prado had to be returned from his rehab assignment. But the breaking news of today that Daniel Lynch was officially transferred to the 60-day injured list, which of course effectively ends his season. But I don't think we expected Daniel Lynch to be back anytime soon. Now, I think it's very fitting we talk about Daniel Lynch because we just brought up Brady Singer and why maybe... You know, he is somebody that's just never going to move to the bullpen. Well, because you don't have much depth, because you don't have much length in your starting rotation. And Daniel Lynch, to me, what hurts the most is Daniel Lynch, to me, was always that guy in the 2018 draft class that had the upside, had the tremendous upside to be a true number one. And I felt like scouts were saying that he was a top 100 prospect. Multiple guys from that 2018 class were top 100 guys, which just tells you all you need to know about top 100 prospects. It doesn't always pan out the way you think it's going to. But Daniel Lynch just never looked dominant. Never once in his Royals career. I know he's still a Royal and he's going to be a Royal next year. But there was never a point in time where he had stuff that you just went, wow, that is virtually unhittable. Cole Reagans right now is the best pitcher, at least in this 7-8 start stretch, that we've seen since Zach Greinke in that Cy Young year. You know, I was I would go as far to say that. Pure dominance. You just can't hit the guy. James Shields had his days. Jordano Ventura had his days. But in terms of a an 8-9 start stretch where you're just unhittable, I mean, shutout after shutout after shutout, Cole Reagans is that guy. I thought at one point in time, we could see a version of that from Daniel Lynch. You know, in the Arizona Fall League, going back to, to 2020, I believe it was, you know, heading into that season of 2020, maybe it was 2021, no, he was throwing 98-99 in the Arizona Fall League, and I know the gun's a bit hot in Arizona, but I felt like it would only be a couple miles per hour. You know, we had seen Daniel Lynch touch 96 before, but this year, I mean, he was sitting 90 to 93, and he didn't have great command. He was hit hard. His other pitches didn't have big swing and miss stuff. It, it just was something that you couldn't be too excited about, which is unfortunate. Because I would love to go into 2024 and give Daniel Lynch a roster spot. I can't, though. I cannot roll into this season, this next season, and give him a locked roster spot. He's got to fight for one. He's got to battle out somebody for a spot in that rotation or a spot in that bullpen. And injuries have always been a concern for him. No, he's missed starts because of blisters on his hand or a shoulder injury or an elbow injury or arm fatigue. He's missed a lot of starts in his career. And when he has been on the mound, the stuff has not been electric. It's not been that good. You know, I thought he had a chance to take a step forward this year, but he got set back at the beginning of the year. 
And I know that injuries are a, a thing in baseball where some fans may go, well, just, you know, wait till we get to full season. Well, if it's a guy that's always hurt, that's a part of who he is. You could be injury prone and that's just who you are. I mean, a perfect example for Kansas City Royals fans is Alberto Mondesi. We all knew that Mondesi was a very talented player, but eventually when you're hurt all the time, that's just a part of you. If you put him on the roster, you can only expect him for 50 games or 60 games. That's what the Red Sox knew they were getting in him, and he hasn't played this year. He suffered multiple setbacks. You know, Kind of the same thing for Daniel Lynch. If he's on the roster in 2024 and he's in this rotation, you can count on him for maybe 15 to 20 starts. Now, he's going to miss double-digit starts next year just because he always gets hurt. It's a part of who he is, and it's unfortunate because I think there's a talented pitcher in there, but the clock's ticking. No, the Royals are feeling the pressure, I think, a little bit from the fan base. They need to start getting guys, more guys like Cole Reagans, and I know that's much easier said than done, but in the free agent pool, even if the the move doesn't work out, you have to show that you're going to spend money and go get a guy who's been consistent somewhere else. You're not signing guys that once had it and need to prove once again that they still have it. Daniel Lynch is somebody that has to prove he even has it at the big league level. And the Royals are going to be feeling that pressure of they got to make some moves. You cannot go into 2024 with Cole Reagans and Brady Singer and Jordan Lyles as your three starters returning. Fine with Reagans, probably fine with Singer, but there's other spots that need to be filled. And I don't want you going into 2024 giving lock spots to guys like Alec Marsh or Daniel Lynch or Chris Bubich when he's healthy. You can't do that because those guys have never proven at the big league level that they are long-term starters. That was This was this year to evaluate it. And it's unfortunate for Daniel Lynch because he needed to prove that he was a starter that could give you 25 to 30 starts and be an effective number three or number four in an otherwise bad rotation. But the only guy who has shown he can be a mainstay at least of late, is Cole Reagans. Brady Singer did it last year, but then followed up with a stinker of a year. So now you need to find a way to reconstruct and rebuild this rotation. Who's it going to be with? I think you pick one or two guys and move forward with it. If Daniel Lynch pitches his tail off and wins the, wins the rotational spot in spring training, good for him. He's earned it. But there's been a lot of years, and I think even going into this year, that Royals fans and Royals management and the Royals coaching staff said, okay, our locks for the rotation are going to be Zach Granke. It's going to be Jordan Lyles, Brady Singer, Chris Bubich, and Daniel Lynch. Those were the five guys, and they just had the spot locked. I would like to see more competition for the four and five spot, and I would like to see the Royals be more aggressive in spring training and, and free agency. You know, it can be late in the spring training when you're making moves, trying to acquire guys that can pitch in your rotation. Now, I like Daniel Lynch a lot, but I think at this point, the, the perfect way to describe it is it's just a bonus now if he turns into a good pitcher. It's the same way I feel about Jackson Coar. Of late, Jackson Coar is giving me more confidence that he can pitch out of that bullpen. But Jackson Coar is somebody to me that I do not expect to be a good big league pitcher. If he is, it's a bonus for the Royals. But that's where we've gone in the last four years, where it's I expect this guy to be a long-term starter, one of the mainstays in the rotation to, it's just a benefit if he's good. If you can get anything out of Daniel Lynch or Chris Bubich or Jackson Coe or Jonathan Heasley, guys like that, then good for the Royals. But you just can't expect it anymore. 
Injuries have always been a problem for Daniel Lynch. And I don't think it was that shocking. He was put on the 60-day IL. He just shut him down for the year. Try again with pitchers and catchers report in February in 2024. Well, that is going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore one five. And find us on all those podcasting platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and on YouTube. Just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. But until tomorrow, you take it easy, Kansas City.